0: welcome I am so glad you're here I'm your host Meg Berryman and you are listening to the beyond being well podcast a show dedicated to helping women leaders like you take your wellness journey to your wholeness journey and beyond Joy in me as we explore relationships, work, money, health and purpose and interview the best of the best in women's empowerment so that you can love deeply, expand fully and contribute to a better tomorrow. So let's get cosy, settle in and dive straight into the magic. Hi everyone, how are you doing? I'm pretty excited to bring this episode to you because it's one I've been wanting to record for ages, but the thing that was holding me back was the idea that I'm not really a business coach and I'm not successful enough to be speaking to this and all of that other BS that comes up when we're getting ready to share our truth, which is totally normal and human. But I'm sharing my truth because I'm seeing a lot of, um, stuff online that is making me aware that we need to have different voices talking about how to build business in a different way. I see a lot in particularly the spiritual and personal development worlds, um, a tendency that maybe we go into this work thinking that we're going to help people and that's our primary motivation. I also see a lot of us going into it, you know, to share what's worked for us, which are beautiful motivators and something that we should always maintain a piece of within our heart space. But then somewhere along the way, because of just the rampant marketing from business coaches and from, you know, get quick, rich kind of stuff um, that there are, becomes like this disconnect between that original motivation and then this deep like desire to earn money and to kind of become like a six figure business. There's absolutely nothing wrong with desiring to earn money. And I've done a lot of work this year, particularly on my money mindset, which has really vastly um, enhanced the sustainability of my business and I do desire to earn a certain amount of money in order um, to meet my values uh, of spending time with my family and giving back to society however when that becomes the primary motivator my concern is that we lose that heart-centeredness and what I'm really about is building a business in a different way, from a different place, uh, with different principles and different values. And so this podcast is really about going beyond the bottom line and it's trying to build a business that not only feels really good and is sustainable, but also takes into account the fact that as business owners, we have a responsibility to, at the very least, do no harm. And in a more like optimistic sense to contribute to broader um, to shifting humanity in a more kind and equitable and sustainable way. And so that's what I'm going to be talking about today And full disclosure, I have totally been that person that started to have my goals, for business start to revolve around like how many followers I could get and how much money I could earn and every time I slip back into that kind of amnesia which is created from social media and being out of my own body and just buying into um, the scarcity that we all as women are programmed to feel like on our bodies, on our money, on just every single level we've been programmed to feel like we're in scarcity, whenever I go back to that place, it just feels so damn bad. And so I've been doing study this year uh, with Feminist Business School and other teachers to really think about how I can build a business that is not only sustainable for me and my family but is also um, kind as well. Really, the question I've been pondering is, is it possible to build a business that sits inside their capitalist system but have that business disrupt it? And for those who don't know, I also um, before I started this business we ran a social enterprise in Burma and we had a cooking school there and I learned so much through that process and I became really deeply immersed in social enterprise impact investing and I met with a lot of people in that space and really the idea that we can using the market and using business like disrupt the forces which are keeping so many people oppressed and keeping so many people disempowered is really exciting to me. But I'm also like in a deep void around it of like, is this business something that really, really long-term is going to align with my values? Because I'm at this point in my life, if you follow me on Insta, you'll be seeing, you know, my conscious spending challenge I'm doing this month. And a lot of other big changes I'm making in my life, I'm no longer okay with saying one thing and doing another. Like I'm no longer okay with the feeling of being not congruent in my life. And if this business is not creating the change that I really believe is possible in the world or is doing damage, then to be honest, like I'm not sure I have any interest in running it longer term. And so that's something that I'm bringing to this podcast because I know that you care about this stuff as much as I do and I'm really open and interested to see and hear about people that are doing this well, that are, you know, playing within the system but changing it and calling it out and marketing in a way that's different. Okay, rant over. Now I'm going to share uh, 10 tips of how to build a business that goes beyond the bottom line. This uh, can be relevant for all businesses, social enterprises, projects, anything that you're doing in the world, even within your family. Like These principles are trying to go beyond the idea that economic success is what we should all be moving toward. You and I both know that we can have all the money in the world, but that's not necessarily going to contribute to our well-being. What contributes to our well-being is a sense of feeling connected and in community. It's a sense of being vital and well And money can help with those things. However, it is not the be and an end all. And I personally know from all my experiments over the years that the more money I earn, often the more stressed I am. So it's really about how we can think about success in different terms and redefine success in business. Um, The byproduct being that most likely when we're more congruent, that we will attract more money because that's how the law of attraction works. Um, But that being the focus for me personally, that doesn't feel good. So the first thing that I've learned is that it's really important when we're considering building a business to think about the bodies that are going to support that business. So uh, if you're a sole trader like myself, then your body is the most important asset that your business has and taking care of it and nourishing it is going to be the most profound thing that you can do not only for the clients that you're showing up for and holding space for but also for yourself in terms of being able to do this work for many many years to come Next time on the podcast, I'm going to share an episode with um, the feminist therapist, Nicole Perry, and she talks about at the end of that episode like that she wants to be doing this social justice work for the next 70 years and so looking after our bodies is such an important part of it. Having said that, our business doesn't live within our bodies. It is not us and we are not it. We are in relationship with our business we it is an extension of our um uh, rather I think the best way to describe it is our business is a creation of us, but it is not us. And over identifying with it can sometimes create a lot of disconnect. And I've totally been there where putting too much pressure on the business and not being able to step out of it and back into your sovereignty and to realize that You know, not everyone's going to agree with you or your business model or whatever, but that's okay because you're just in relationship with it and that relationship changes and it's a dynamic and, um, it can evolve over time. When we're thinking about bodies, also consider the bodies that are going into making your business run. And this is kind of a socialist theory um, that I learned from feminist business school. Um, and you can follow them on Insta at sister is, sister.is, um, and it's really about considering that the capitalist model really trades on the fact that bodies are consumable and expendable so the reason why so many people burn out is because capitalism at its heart is really about um fundamentally like using up that resource using up all the resources body body resources people um environmental and making profit like that's and and getting bigger and bigger and bigger like that's the capitalist model more and more and more profit and so in this model what I'm proposing is to think about bodies more in terms of every single thing that you use in your business is most likely associated with a body. So, my MacBook, which is like my whole business, well, it was built um, probably in another country, likely China, by bodies that are getting paid. You know, people these aren't just bodies; these are people's bodies that are getting paid minimal wage, that are uh, exposed to incredible um, amount of toxins and chemicals. And really, what's the most ethical choice that I can make? in order to minimize my negative impact on people wherever they are. And you've got to think about it right back through the chain, not only your own employees, but you need to think about it in terms of your employees' families and then all the products that you use within your business, the places that, you know, you rent out, the people that you are in relationship with. If you're going about business in a way that is presuming that bodies and people are consumable and expendable, then that is not a human-centered business. And no matter what good you're doing in your business, it is not it is not, not doing harm. And so, you know, if you do need a computer and all of these things, as, as I do, what are the ways that we can either draw attention to these issues to apply pressure to the companies to treat their workers better or to buy more ethically and sustainably from companies that we know, we absolutely know, have similar values as these and treat their work as well and minimise environmental exposure and all of those values that whatever they are for us, we're all going to have different values on different things. So the first principle is to think about bodies. Number two is this mantra that I've learned over the last five years, which is if it doesn't feel good, don't do it. I think it's so easy to get drawn into what everyone else is doing. And I certainly have, we become like really disembodied from ourselves and into that mental realm. And whenever I start to go into that place, um, you know, I talked about last time on the podcast around my creative process and discerning that being such a uh, profound thing for me. But usually our body is providing feedback around not only our own well-being but around like the well-being of others like we do have inherently the capacity the intuitive capacity to be tuned into what is morally right and wrong and if something feels off if something is not congruent then that is an invitation to either look at it and find a way that does feel good or to not do it at all so the second principle is just super simple that if it doesn't feel good don't do it The third tip to go beyond the bottom line in your business, particularly as it relates to um, bricks and mortar business, but also anyone that is involved with consuming products of any kind and selling products of any kind is to really, really strongly think about the sustainability and environmental impact. The reason that I don't sell products is because I haven't found a way to do that, that really meets my own standards in terms of what we're doing to our planet. So I'm simply choosing not to sell things. And I'm also moving to anything that is consumed within my business. So for example, on retreats, when I give participants gifts, so this retreat coming up in June, I'll be gifting something that's environmentally sustainable, That is, um, really aligns with the values and ethos of my business because we all just don't need more stuff. And I don't say that to say that if you're selling products that, um, that you shouldn't, I'm just saying if there's something that feels not congruent in that for you, can you take a look at, um, some other options in terms of packaging, in terms of, um, you know, the carbon offset that you can give within that. Um, Yeah, and I guess just doing the research beyond just face value, like a lot of companies will talk about how they're doing socially conscious projects and using your discernment to really feel into whether those projects are actually empowering people or whether they are just a way to make the company feel good and look good and um, that they're doing it in a model like the charity model, which is actually disempowering people. I have studied for nine years at university, social change, and I've worked in it for a long time. And fundamentally the most powerful thing that we can do is to listen, is to give people choice by um, channeling our financial resources there, And it is to um, provide opportunities for ethical and meaningful work. Any projects that, you know, are like taking away the empowerment of that person and presuming that we know best what they need, that is not sustainable change. And, you know, I've really come such a long way in terms of moving away from the charity and the white savior model to one of like really understanding deeply that empowerment voice passing the microphone passing the resources channeling the resources and giving people choice and agency is the most profound thing so if companies you're investing in or working with aren't doing that then you know it's an it's a call it's an opportunity to evolve and to change and there may be some shame that comes up and there may be some you know discomfort and that's all part of our leadership you know I always talk about in the school that those areas where we feel like is tender and that we have made a mistake or that we're not doing the best we can, like how do we hold that and hold space for that and acknowledge that that makes us deeply human and then alchemize that into a more creative solution? I am not so righteous to presume that i know all of these things and i'm better than anyone we're all doing the absolute best we can the invitation is can we listen to the signals within our body and can we collectively do better um and can we find a safe place with which to uh gather and talk about these things And to disrupt the market and demonstrate that our business really, that that people do want to consume things that are well thought through, that are not just about making money quickly, that are ethical, that are sustainable. The market is shifting that way and the more that we can, you know, align ourselves with that, not only is that going to increase our profit in the future and therefore our own choice and abundance, but it's going to empower others along that chain. And that's, I think, what we should all be working towards. Number four, and I've already mentioned it, is to redefine success. So really to think about a version of success that feels good in your body everyone is so different and everyone for some people wealth accumulation will feel really motivating for me it doesn't and so I've had to redefine success around seeing how my business is really supporting me to work through my voids in my life Um, so I started my business as a way of sharing my own journey you know through my wellness struggles and um to also help people to answer the question that I was receiving a lot which was how do I do good in the world and how do I contribute beyond myself and I started the business and along the way I've had so many different versions of success but right now where I've landed is that success to me is community because for me I didn't know that there was other women that really understood you know, spirituality and personal development as well as social change. And so for me, building that community is filling my own void of feeling alone. And I'm really receiving so much energetic nourishment from those conversations, from my clients, from circles, from retreats. And that's what a a massive part of success for me is community. Another part of success for me is, is it energizing me? Is it helping me grow? Because I really have a high value on growth as well. Success for me is also having enough to support my family to do the things that are really important to us. And those things are eating well, um, regenerating our property, teaching, teaching others and mentoring others and providing a space for community and having adventures and if i have enough money to do those things then that is success to me i have no desire to to just create an empire for the sake of wealth accumulation i have a strong desire to build a community um, because that's what's going to give me the most energy and therefore allow me to sustain this work over the long term number five is giving back And through that, I mean, can we frame success in terms of having financial abundance to support and empower others, not to fix them, not to make choices for them, not to override their sovereignty with our financial wealth, but to have that abundance and wealth and opportunities to support people who may not have access because of the structures and the systems in our world to certain things. And so I offer scholarship programs. I um, try and run a fundraiser around Christmas time every year for our family to give back to domestic violence work because that's a cause that's really close to my heart. If you've done any of my Activate webinars or you're enrolled in the school, you know that um, defining your own sacred social vision is really an integral part of this work, seeing how your business is supporting your bigger vision for the world, and knowing that you don't have to fix everything, but you just need to stay clear on your values, and clear on your own voids, and the world that you would like to see, Um, and then you will build a business that is really human-centered, and people-centered. So finding ways to give back that feel meaningful, that feel sustainable and that are empowering is really such a beautiful way that we can start to channel resources um, and bring more equity into the world. Which leads into my next point, which is point six around ensuring that your business is inclusive and uh, takes into account the different lived experience of people so you probably heard me talk a lot about um, white supremacy and the work that I've been doing to unpack that within myself um, I am not the best person to speak to about this um, as in I don't have a personal lived experience of being excluded based on my race or my body or my sexuality. And so I really encourage you to follow people online, particularly on Instagram or other wherever you hang out and listen to other voices to create space, to listen to voices that directly challenge you. If you think about inclusion then how much are your offerings or your products available to those who may be excluded from the structures either because we in ourselves have not provided a safe space for them because we haven't unpacked our own issues or our conditioning or because for some other reason there's a barrier there there's an energetic barrier or a literal barrier in terms of resources So how inclusive is your business? And I still have such a long way to go on this um, in myself because I can see in the women that I'm working with who feels safe to enter the space or not. And that is a direct relationship of um, the space that I've made within myself to take ownership and responsibility of the ways in which I've caused harm or done damage in the past. So I really encourage you to do the work even when it's painful and this is, um, this is why it's really important to have a circle and this is what the school aims to provide where there's a safe place to work through that and, and to stay in action, to stay firmly in action because how fragility shows up among privileged people is that when we get called out on this stuff, we so often just want to back out and like and throw up our hands and throw a little tantrum and so staying in action and staying in our bodies while we feel all that that discomfort can be really helped by being in a circle of other women and other people who are also doing this work right alongside you again we're all doing the best we can but where can we do better And where are we inherently feeling called to learn more and to um, ensure that our business is truly helping people if that is our mission? Number seven is around feminine leadership. And my encouragement is something that I learned like way too late in the game is how we have a power, um, a superpower, as women in business and that is that we have this tremendous capacity to build relationships I'll give you a really good example of this in practice so my husband and I had an accountant for about a year and a half um, and look he was fine at the start and then things started to slip and we couldn't get a hold of him and we were paying him quarterly you know for a certain product that we were not receiving and so we had to chase him up all the time and the final straw came when we had debt collectors from the tax office on our door because he had failed to follow up something that we'd asked him to and when he was confronted about it he denied it he chucked a tantrum and the whole thing ended pretty messily that to say like he probably had his own stuff going on i don't know but He was very focused on the outcome being that he was earning the money every quarter um, and he failed to invest in the relationship. And in a small community like ours, like this accountant, he had friends, we had friends that were using him and we live in small communities where we all kind of know each other. And to me that was just a really Strange approach to me when you know how we show up in in community um, speaks volumes to like the clients that we work with and the people that we attract and all of those things. So relationships are everything. The people that are going to buy from you are going to start with the people that are closest to you, and the people that are closest to you will tell everyone else about the great experience that you've had. So we don't invest in community and relationships in order to like sell to people necessarily, but we invest in them because A, it feels really good when we feel connected in business and it feels good in our our lives and we should follow anything that feels good. But also we just never know when a conversation we've had or a person we've connected with is going to come back or share someone else, uh, share with someone else our work and so seeing relationships as the center point of my business as and community has really radically transformed my experience of business because I'm enjoying it so much more. But also um, just my just the opportunities that are available to me now because I've started sharing more widely what I do um, among peers and friends and reaching out to people across the internet who I admire. Not because I want anything, but just because I feel like that's a really important thing that sustains me. So the accountant story ends that we ended up. Oh, I just spilled tea all over myself. I got too excited. Didn't go on my computer, guys. Don't worry. This is like when you know you're just trying to be all professional and then like clumsy me comes out, and it happens a lot on retreat. Like I'm trying to really hold it together, and then I'll say something like completely ridiculous or um yeah like knock over my you know when you knock over your metal water bottle in a yoga class like that is me every single time and in shavasana it just makes so much noise that's me anyway that's what happened i've now got a wet crutch but onwards so with the accountant we ended up i ended up getting a recommendation from a facebook group that i'm in um of a woman in the city and since we switched to her like she knows the power of relationships and she knows the power of, um, maintaining proactive relationship. And I just can't even describe to you how incredible she is. And the experience that I've had with her is just so vastly different. I was like, why did I settle for anything less than this? When we can have these really meaningful supportive relationships. And because of that, I've literally recommended her to about 10 people to the point where I'm going to stop because she's becoming so busy and no, I'm really happy to recommend her. She's amazing and this is the power of doing a good job and providing value and over-servicing and building our relationships and taking an interest in the humans that we're working with. At the end of the day, we all just want to be seen and heard, so how can we build a business that is not just about selling to the masses um, but is really about creating a community of people that share the same values. Okay, leads into my next point, number eight. I don't market to pain points and that is what any business training will teach you to do. Find your target audience Find the thing that they most want to change and like hammer them until they feel so shit about themselves that they're going to buy from you. It's really hard to change this mindset because it's so pervasive and it's how we've been conditioned to buy. But I really, really strongly encourage you. It's going to take longer to build a business based on positive and affirmative um, inspiration. But the clients that you get are going to be more radically self-responsible um, because they're not going to be looking to you to solve something that you actually don't have the capacity to solve. I see this so often in the esoteric fields of people selling things that like is so beyond what one coach could ever feasibly do for that person. And it takes, it fails to take into account the readiness of that person, how self-responsible they are, where their journey needs to take them so please, if you want to build a human-centered business that doesn't do any harm, don't propagate the things that are keeping women oppressed. Don't propagate ideas to reinforce the um, philosophies that make us feel terrible about ourselves. A friend yesterday were having a conversation about when we stop dyeing our hair because of the greys like I've got a, a great like white patch in the front of my hair now and I'm gradually over time kind of putting highlights around it and then I'm going to stop dyeing it all together and the the best um thing she said to me was like follow this Instagram page it's called Grombe and like look at all the women who are providing affirmative um ideas around like being great at any age and um, getting over our ageism and all of those things. And I look at efforts like that in the world that are just about like community and about healthy um, relating and about affirmative positivity. And I think that's like really the the place where you're going to feel best operating within your business. So whenever I'm marketing, What I'm really sharing is what the experience will be like for that person. And I'm sharing an invitation that I always say in my emails, particularly to women I'm working with in like inviting them onto podcasts and stuff, if it's a whole body, no, or if your discernment or your body is saying, this is not for you right now, I totally honor that. And I really do because I would much rather work with someone who is a whole body, yes, than like I've forced into it or backed into a corner. And that comes from some really icky experiences I've had of people wanting me to be something for them or um, forcing me into like what they want within their business. And so I'm much more about like co-creation and honoring if it's a no. I don't take it personally. I really, really, truly don't. So don't it to pain points is my invitation there. Number nine is, I've already kind of talked about it, but, you know, operating in your zone of genius. So to be sustainable, to be human-centred and to really serve people, I think we need to be open to receiving support in the areas where we are not geniuses. For me, I invested this year in a VA who I just love working with and she does parts of my business that she's like a process queen like she just loves processes and creating like processes for clients and working with them and I do not and I don't love bookkeeping and we just have different zones of genius and again the invitation to her was like this is where our It feels like your zone of genius is, but if there's anything that I'm asking you to do that doesn't feel like you want to be doing it, like let's put that somewhere else or let's find another solution to that. Operating in our zones of genius gives the people that we're working with permission to do the same thing. So for example, I'm moving much more towards group coaching and retreats because that teaching is is my zone of genius. I'm a great coach one-on-one but I can't sustain that with two young kids at the moment and so where can I find and focus the things that I love doing most in my business and create offerings from them because the people that I'm working with is going to get the best experience from that I have created so many packages and offers that came from the place of like wanting to make money and they never sell. They just never do. There's a vibrational like thing. There's a resonance that goes out and people feel it. And so I really just encourage you to discern like what feels good for you, where your zone of genius is, and to get support and to say, Hey, I can't do this. I don't know. I listened to Gwyneth Paltrow on um, I don't know what podcast it was on. Oh yeah. So she was in it was on her podcast, a Group Podcast. She was interviewing Brene Brown and they were talking about leadership being, you know, the capacity to say, I don't know, and ask for help. And Gwyneth said that when she became the CEO of Group, she had no business experience. And look at me like name dropping, like I know her. I don't know her. I just found this point really resonant. And she said, I went from like Googling things under the table that I didn't understand to saying, hey, I don't know this. Can you help get me there? Can you help teach me? Can you, Can you be in your zone of genius and teach me? And that's how we become leaders is having the courage to be like, I don't know this part of my business. I'm not good at this. And also slash at the same time, can we also be sovereign and to not outsource responsibility for our business? So no one is going to come and save you. No one is going to fix your business, even if they're a business coach, that needs to come from you. And so the, the most beautiful aligned ways that we ask for support is coming from a deeply self-responsible and sovereign place which is leading me to my last point which is my aim and this is again just me if it resonates it resonates if it doesn't like throw it out can walk on your way is that I aim to be a catalyst and not a guru so by that I mean in all of my relationships in life within my sacred social vision that my business is one part of I aim to be catalytic rather than to hold information and be a guru and be famous like it's just not empowering to me to operate from that place so my intention in every single interaction I have is how can I help this person to believe that they are totally worthy wherever they're at right now how can I help this person to shift out of like life's really hard and I'm struggling and, or whatever, maybe they're not even expressing any of that. And that's just my projection, but how can I be catalytic? How can I support people just even energetically in myself? How can I empower them? How can I honor their sovereignty? How can I be catalytic and just let them know that I think they're wonderful. And I really do think most people are wonderful. I have this stupid, like, not stupid I have this naive optimism when it comes to people which is like probably one of my downfalls but I really believe like people are pretty magic on the inside and my intention is to just like see their magic and when I can reflect it back to them I don't want to be a guru I don't want to be like the holder of all things I certainly don't want to be righteous and to think that I'm better than anyone I just aim to be a catalyst and I think that in capitalism we can build businesses beyond the bottom line by aiming to be catalytic by seeing that people will come in and out of our business and our experience and while they're there how can we create the most meaningful experience for them give them the most value reflect their magic back to them and then wish them well when they are on their way i think that's all i have to say i obviously have a lot to say about this more than i thought so if you've got comments or questions send me an email or find me on Instagram at Meg J. Berryman. I'd love to chat more about this. Um, Just a reminder that the School for Sacred Social Leaders, our first program, which is Lead Her, kicks off on July 6th and we have like some pretty incredible women stepping in and teaching in the space. I've had a few questions about whether it's available worldwide and the answer is yes. All trainings are recorded, so if you can't make them live, then you get access to them on the teaching platform. You also get access to the private Instagram account of the school alumni, which is means that you get access to every round from now on of that program, as well as you'll be in there with the girls, the girls, the women who are masterminding there next year. Um, and then I've had other questions about, like, I'm not doing social work of any kind is it for me and my answer is absolutely yes if you're a parent wanting to create more consciousness and intergenerational change in your household absolutely it's for you if you are someone thinking about like some of the global issues like climate change and the rollout of 5g and other things that are like completely distressing and you want to find a place To express that and to think about how you personally can take action, absolutely that's the place for you. If you are a business owner who wants to build a business beyond the bottom line, I would love to have you in the space because we need more and more business owners being socially conscious and responsible too. So take a look at um, the website, I'll put it in the show notes, and I would really, really love to have a 15-minute cuppa with you and explore whether the program's right for you we kick off july 6th and i'd love to see you there otherwise have a brilliant week and good luck creating a business that goes beyond the bottom line your efforts are so appreciated by people that you may not even know and thank you for being the living example of what sacred social leadership is all about in the world catch ya